This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for or replacement of working with a mental or medical health professional. Welcome to Taboo Talk Time with Dr. Eva, where we inspire a movement towards breaking through societal norms, increasing awareness, and unhinging the taboo. Taboo Talk Time hosts guest experts from around the world in the mental and medical health fields who are passionate about making a difference in our society. Visit tabutalktime.com to learn more about Dr. Eva's therapeutic services, online couples courses, live couples retreats, and of course, our free podcast. Here is your host, Dr. Eva Brown, licensed marriage and family therapist and intimacy specialist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Taboo Talk Time. I'm your host, Dr. Eva Brown, and I have an awesome guest today, Mega Bradley. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, I'm glad that you're here, too. We're going to be talking a little bit about her personal and professional experience with awakening your spiritual birthright to complete happiness. She is the owner of Enchanted Life Business, and she um, regards herself as a sole purpose strategist, which is pretty amazing. We love to have women like yourself on the show. And I know that you're going to be talking a little bit about your personal story. So maybe it might be a good idea to start there, Mega, and then we'll move into how that's shaped you professionally and what you have to share or offer to the listeners. Okay, great. My story about how I got to where I am today really began in um, a childhood that in many cases people have said, when are you making it a lifetime movie? And (laughs) exactly. Because that's what it feels like a lifetime movie. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes life is like that, man. I could totally make some money on lifetime right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And what I came to learn over the course of the years. So, you know, like I was, um, you know, my childhood began in, or the story sort of began in the sense that I was taken away and hidden away on 40 acres of land and mm. it was all under a religious uh, guise, if you will, mm. under a, <clears throat> someone that broke away from a religious movement and told me that he was my spiritual master. And then he, at, at nine years old, took me as his second wife. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like a polygamous community? In essence, yes. Except for there was only me and my mom and my brother and him. So. Oh, no. So it's not a community. Then it was uh, incest. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And. um, I see. You became parentified or wifeified, supposedly. It's a second wife. That's what you mean by that. Yeah. That he sexually abused you and sort of looked to you as another wife. Wow. That's correct. Yes. Okay. A lot. That's a lot. That's very heavy. It is very heavy. And, um, you know, it, 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 as I went on through my, my teen years, of course, mm-hmm. I developed, you know, psychologically and emotionally, I didn't even understand what was taking place. What was going no. on. And, yeah, um, of course. And unfortunately for many of us, I say this, not just for myself, but having worked with a lot of people, um, we don't know what the brain is doing in the process of surviving those types of, of circumstances. And, mm-hmm. and I would later come to find out that I had developed dissociative behavior, um, which yeah. was how I survived it. But mm-hmm. the other thing that I had during that time in the course of, of my childhood was that um, 
and this is a big part of my work now is what I had not known was that I had developed this relationship with God's source, however rich label people want to put on the higher, their higher guide. Right. Um, was that was, that was my anchor. That was no matter how bad the storm was, I never lost a hold of my anchor. Wow. That's amazing. Because most people do lose a hold of the anchor, you know? Yes. And it's a miracle and the blessing thereof that in my, in my early twenties, um, while I was having a number of dysfunctional relationship um, Mm -hmm. patterns that were developing as a result of that, including, Mm -hmm. you know, getting people to fall in love with me and then tearing them apart emotionally because it just felt good to be in power. Yeah. Right. Right. Don't realize. Right. And so consciously, yeah, there's things subconsciously going on that you're not aware of. Well, that's the definition of survival. Yeah. When you're in survival mode, you can't also be in rationale mode because they, they don't work. You know, the brain is broken up into many different pieces. They all work together. But the reptilian brain in the back of the, in the, in the, back of the, the head or the skull mm-hmm. is what keeps us alive. It's responsible for flight or fight. You know, our cerebral cortex is only 3 to 5% if that developed. So, mm-hmm. you know, for such a young person to have to go through that and really stay in the reptilian brain the whole time, not really understanding the context of the atmosphere or the environment and figuring out like, where do I belong in all of this? I mean, that's really scary. Yeah. And so going on through my life, I think my mother had said to me, Oh, um, you know, they'll give you some Xanax and some Zoloft. Mm -hmm. So go to the doctor and ask for it. Of course, Mm -hmm. um, that is probably a whole other podcast. (laughs) Get into that. That's true. Yeah. Um, and it, so it led into my first marriage and, and that's where I, it was a lot, that was very formative. And, you know, we, we make choices that, that single choice, then if we were to look out and go, that's where all the ripple of the next several years of choices comes from. Mm-hmm. And in that case, that was the choice that, that led me to ultimately a path of personal development in my early, uh, very early thirties. Wow. Um, and thank goodness that it did. Because that that ultimate demise, this moment when my life literally, I was sitting in my office, I had a very successful business, and yet I was sitting in my office, rocking back and forth on the floor, like, um, you know, like, make this You were in survival mode, yeah, you couldn't figure out how to make it stop, yes, you were in, in panic or anxiety mode, and it was just not going away. Right, and, you know, by all means, materially speaking, that it didn't appear that way. You know, you have more than one car, house, business, location, all this other stuff. And so what happened was it created the perfect opportunity for implosion at a scale of um, what I now refer to in the work that I do as a spiritual crisis of meaning. Mm. And it's that moment of, oh my gosh, how did I get here? How did this happen? Why is this happening? Yeah. See, there's there's no there's a consciousness or an awakened moment that you have that just brings you to a reality of is 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 this really my reality and how did I get here? Right. Yeah. And as a result of that, and I began my personal development journey. I you know I I took a few different courses uh, and people that. I finally ran into, and, and this is what I came to realize is that I spent the first 14 years of adulthood getting everyone convinced to buy into my victim story. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's the thing when you are 
and we're victimized, you know, it's very hard to take responsibility for your life in the way that it would manifest complete happiness, right? Exactly. Which is the, the, the idea of this podcast here, mm-hmm. um, how, and somehow, you know, awakening the spirit allows you to move into a complete feeling of happiness. But until you get to that place where you hit rock bottom and you're actually become aware of it, it doesn't really stop. That's right. And as a result of that, I, I finally ran into an instructor and just like a specific woman. And yet today I don't remember her name. I could stand in front of her and I wouldn't remember who she was, but yeah, she was the person that was the, the start of the domino effect. And she said, you make a choice right now that you either get to keep repeating this story for the rest of your life at right. the level of giving, uh, giving power to this rape and yeah. to this experience, or you can choose to have a different, more empowering context. And I'm going to challenge you to do that. Yes, I love that. And I love that you can't remember the person that challenged you. (laughs) (laughs) It's called amnesia, right? There's a certain amnesia when somebody really confronts you with something that you don't really want to confront, but you know, you have to, you know, it's funny how somebody's face just kind of fades out of that. (laughs) that It it is, it is rather amazing. And, and, and yet it also is so important for us I think to pay attention to how significant we can be in the lives of another person even if it's for that you know they say it's something for a moment yeah even if they don't remember your face yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and um so as I went on in this journey I I was at this point in time I've been an entrepreneur since 1999 so this is I was just in various versions of business and at the time I was um, really through all of this, I've been a, a technology and a social media strategist and uh, automation, business automation strategist. So that's my, that was my low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yet not soul fulfilling. And yet I also knew my life purpose, which mm. was to help transform ge- cycles of generational mm. poverty and abuse. It was to help transform on a global scale yeah. this conversation of I'm a victim of XYZ, insert XYZ, whatever it happens. To yes. Me. I love that, Mega. You're a perfect person for that. Thank you. And and because of that, that became this um, driving thing to go, okay, what do I do next with my business? And I had this sort of, oh, gosh, I don't want to be another life coach. Like, ugh. And there's nothing wrong, there's wrong with life coaches, but I was like, I don't qualify. Like, I actually was like, well, I don't know if I qualify to do this work. Sort of yeah. Like, I have to get more degrees, more training, more, 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 more. And one day I'll be able to do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough now. I'm not good enough now. Yeah, I, I know the whole script. I totally get it. Why do you think I have my doctorate now? <laughs> you know, what's really funny is even to this day, I'm thinking maybe I'll go back and pursue a degree, my full degree, because I dropped out of college in my, in my junior year. I was yeah. in, on pursuit to be a marriage counselor, actually, interestingly enough. Right. Uh, which is kind of ironic yeah, right. my story, yeah. but that's true. Um, <laughs> but um, even today, I'm like, well, maybe I could go back. I'm like, no, just stop, just stand right where you are. I um, know. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's funny because looking back after my doctorate, which I can tell you for sure that um, that there is an approval centered aspect of it for me, mm-hmm. right? In terms of my imper- my my own personal self. However, the knowledge. 
and the depths that I went into the philosophy and the, the understanding of the mind and everything. I mean, that has completely changed my life mm-hmm. in terms of helping myself and also in terms of helping all my couples and my clients that come in. And it has spiritually enriched me in a way that if I had never gotten my PhD, I would have missed out on in my life. So it's not, it's not always necessarily that I'm not good enough, right? It's also that I am enjoying uh, the learning process and the passion of that process. And I would all, I still want to be a student. I'm constantly wanting to learn mm-hmm. new things and to develop into different aspects of it. But I think it's also at the same time, you can acknowledge yourself and that you are good enough and all that type of thing. And it doesn't have to carry through, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that for me is like, well, I want to facilitate certain things and I'm like, well, have that's hand. Have buddies yeah. and partners mm-hmm. like you, for example, you know, like strategic right. alliances are like, okay, yeah. I've done my work and now here, go see this person. Cause I, you know, you that's know. so true. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, cause we all have our strengths, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so the, the process of this, which is somehow or another, I think I'm turning the life, the, the intro into the, the, <laughs> into the conversation, but it is mm. what it is. Yeah. It's the birthright of getting back to this, this whole discussion of, um, in 2014, I had a near death experience through a car accident. Um, wow. mm-hmm. and in that moment, as I faded in and out of consciousness, the only thing that I could keep in my present, uh, of mind, as they said, wait for, you know, wait for the life flight helicopter, um, right, right. was stay away from the light. And I, and I saw the light literally, like I was like, wow. oh, I'm good. I'm okay. I can go. I didn't have any concerns or fears. Wow. And they were like, no, the stay. And I'm like, and I couldn't, if, if someone had not challenged me on this, I don't know that I could have stayed. Like that was, this is anchor. And they were like, what, well, talk to us about anything. What's important? What's important? Mm. And what was important is I hadn't done my life's work. Yes. And, you haven't done your life's work. That's right. true. I think that's true, Omega. <laughs> you know, like you said, everybody has their specific niche and their specific calling. Mine is to awaken couples to awaken them to their to their divine selves, you know, to be able to get into a relationship that's going to feel good all the time, that you can live in that place, you know. And so I think my job is to awaken that spirit. But from a relational standpoint, you're trying to awaken the spirit from an individual sp- standpoint. And I just love that, that you're doing that. And nobody else on the world is going to do it the same way that you can. So... It's exactly. beautiful. All of your experiences is what's going to make you amazing. You know? Right. And so as I, as I luckily, obviously I got out of the car <laughs> and when I began the journey of healing, I had two shattered hips. I was in the hospital for almost three months. Um, I had a four month old child who was also in the car. Luckily he's okay. Um, you know, and my business partner was driving and it was a, cathartic obviously life-changing experience and what I realized in that was I cannot continue to do the stuff that I keep doing because it's just safe and easy it's safe and easy to find social media strategy clients that's easy it's not so already Yeah. yeah it's not so easy to fully embrace what is our birthright because of the mindset stuff that limits that I'm worthy, the worthiness aspect. That's and so true. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And so that push, the 75 mile an hour impact push, push wow. 
I don't. You, re- you really needed to be woken up, sister. That's what happened. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't suggest that speed of a push. Um, yeah, you like to learn the hard way, Mega. I'm already on to you. Yes, you are on to me. Yes, I am a very experiential person. Um, <laughs> so there was no other way for you to ha- have that happen. You had to break two hips, honey. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Well, hips are fear of moving forward in Louise Hayes. That's part, interesting. Right? I love that metaphor. That's wonderful. <laughs> so um, <laughs> as I lay in the hospital and luckily surrounded with a number of people by this point in my life, um, yeah. in 2014, I already had a lot of the conversation, a lot of the people that could walk in and go, gee, you yeah. had a hell of a time of moving forward, didn't you? Yeah. Um, in the hospital. And now I can't really <laughs> physically walk, so thanks for that, right? Yeah. Um, but all in context and all in the process of surviving in that process, as yeah. I said, okay, what am I here to do? Why was I born? Why, why was I put here? And at that point in time, why was I kept here? Or why yeah. did I choose to stay? That was a, even more important. Wow. Nobody keeps you. Your, your soul really empowering crazy. questions, by the way, Mega. Really empowering questions. And those questions only lead to 100% accountability. No more victim in those questions. That's exactly right. And even in the vehicle, mm-hmm. as I was pinned, while they were holding my hand, so they had to get the jaws of life to cut the car open and all this other stuff. As I was pinned, I said to them, my commitment is to help transform the victim conversation. And if I now can stand in the face of someone who is attached to their victim story, I've got the equipping now. <laughs> My God, that's amazing. You're giving me chills over here, Mega. You're giving and me chills. So back to birthright. What was my birthright? Well, my birthright, so as it fast forward, actually, uh, I was in South Florida, living in South Florida at the time. I go to a, a workshop and all the time, looking back in the inventory of the work that I had done to be in that place, to survive that situation, mm. then equipped to survive that moment yes. through the work and the mindset work that I had done before yes, that. Yes, right. And as I, as I said, I want to find someone that can help me do shamanic healing, to mm. do um, deep emotional generational healing. Mm-hmm. And to do this work. And so I figured out that that's where my work was meant to be. Like that's my niche. Amazing. And I found my mentor um, and I will give full shout out to Beth Davis. She's the most amazing. Uh, she was such an angel in my life and she's an amazing person. She's done a lot of change for a lot of people on this planet. Wonderful. And I went into a 15 month spiritual teacher training. Mm-hmm. So wow. I ended up getting the, the deep in-depth training to Go work with it. And so in the work that I do, which is partially uh, the scientific hand analysis, mm. your fingerprints develop at 14 weeks in utero and disappear three days after you die. Begin to fade out three days after you die. Are you serious? And, yes. Wow, that is so cool. I had no idea. I just learned something new. Yes, and the guy who created it, Richard Unger, has created the science. This is a science. And so for me, I've always been spiritual and esoteric and, and woo-woo, as I like to say. But I've also been very scientific. And so for me to find something that let me put science, tangible, research-proven, mm-hmm. neurologically proven science, and right. make it into this work that I knew from an, from an empath and an intuitive yeah. Mm-hmm. was huge for me. And so that's where I live in the work that I do now. And so speaking of back to this whole thing about birthright, mm-hmm. our birthright is the blueprint we've been encoded with because what if there's 7 billion people on the planet who have, all have a different set of fingerprints, no two people have the same set of fingerprints. Mm-hmm. The theory is, is that they're soul prints. 
that mm. if we were to decipher them, which is what I do, then we are able to get a general theme of your life, a general map, a direction in which to go, that if you were to navigate in that direction, you would be on the path of least resistance mm. to where you're supposed to go. I love that. And so that was how, in the long, raveling tale of Mega and Tell Me About Yourself, that's mm-hmm. ultimately how I got to what I do today, mm-hmm. um, which is to literally be, some people call me, a, I, I, sometimes I call myself a soul midwife or a soul cartographer because it's, we've been given the blueprint. Most of us don't, don't know that we've been given it. And when you look at your own blueprint, what do you see? So for myself, um, I have markings in my hands that are called gift markings um, that played directly into the, what had happened to me in my childhood. Like the, uh, I have uh, one example. Mm. One example is the brain puts these neural patterns in the hands. And one of them is called a courageous advocate. I'll just use that one as an example. So courageous advocate means that you have like extra strength and power Mm. access your brain and access your body's center of energy to be the person who stands up for injustice more than the person who doesn't have it as one example and Mm. so as I did my reading with her uh, Beth did my reading before I started this course that I went into with her it was like oh that's why I love being in front of people oh that's why like what it did was it didn't tell me and my clients today they say you didn't tell me anything I didn't know but you validated what I haven't been paying attention to yes yeah you've uploaded the information in my brain in a way that I'm paying attention to it now but I've always known it yeah right and so love that Mm -hmm. the other piece of what of what I do and and this is the goes back to this um, piece about birthright is that um, there's something called human design. Have you Are you experienced with human design at all? Yes, a little bit. Yes, I, I do a lot of reading on uh, biofeedback, cybernetics, yeah, okay. all the different yeah. types of uh, awesome. philosophies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with human design, it was the same thing. And what I began to look at with human design is the, pa- the patterns related to partnerships and relationships, like how mm-hmm. we don't get along with some people and other people we just love. Yes. <laughs> they just vibrate at an energy yeah. that mirrors your own energy. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. And some people are in conflict or compromise with you energetically. And, and right. um, if you could just, if we could all operate at this transparency of yeah. you're built differently than me. Yeah. Um, we yeah. Can, we're just a higher frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can tell that some people have a higher frequency because they've done the work and then maybe some people might have a stuck frequency and then there's resistance in that relationship. Right. So yeah, that exactly. I would say that that mirrors a lot of the work that I do from a doctorate level as well. Mm-hmm. Just kind of looking from it, from that perspective, when I, when I got into my practice, when I first started my practice, mm-hmm. it's very interesting because I didn't know anything about energy. That's about eight, seven, eight years ago. And I didn't know anything about energy. I didn't understand anything about the fact uh, transferring energy that humans mm-hmm. could transfer energy to me. Um, and so what happened to me is that I got very sick the first year of my practice because mm-hmm. what I did is I worked with a lot of toxic couples uh, that were really going through a horrible, horrible time. They were yelling, screaming, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And of course, that energy was being transposed to me. Now, could I handle on a mental and, and a mental and physical? excuse me, on a mental level, yes, because I had uh, the training and the practice, but what, what wasn't trained was my body. 
um, in terms of how do I manage that energy? How do I stay in alignment with my own energy when, when I work with people that are not in alignment with their own energy, right? So all these different types of things were starting to come up for me. And it's interesting that you talk about energy um, and also, you know, the energy of your vibration, meaning um, whatever your birthright is, that that mm-hmm. plays a role in to who you attract and who you repel. It's, it's, right. it, to me, it makes a hundred percent sense, you know, and I think that people just need to experience, uh, you know, for example, you know, if you're around someone that has an anxious energy or a stuck energy, you can feel that if you're tapping into your own intuition. If if you're not tapping into your own intuition, I find it's very hard for other people for you to tap into other people's intuition. So for example, if you're blocking your own intuition and you're not tapping into that, you somehow cut off that creativity for yourself. Uh, You might not even uh, make a mental note of someone else's energy, you know, until you become aligned with your own. I don't know if that makes sense. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, no, it totally does. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you can get tangled up in other people's energies is kind of as well. Yeah. I mean, I would some just, people more than others. Um, yeah. Based on how they're designed. It, also their family system too, I would say plays a huge yeah. role. You know, your family system, did you have an enmeshed family system? You know, in your case, you had an enmeshed family system in a different way than I had an enmeshed family system from an emotional mm-hmm. perspective, but all that plays a role too in terms of your energy and, you know, what you're meant to be here on this planet. Right. Right. And, and even, uh, you know, the, the work of epigenetics, which is, you know, yet even further down the rabbit hole, which is what I'm loving to study now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how we inherit, <laughs> we literally have the coding in our DNA. Mm-hmm. We didn't even think we agreed to. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I call it emotional coding. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, that, you know, the transference of that emotional code just continues to move on generationally. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever done any work or read any um, philosophy on Dr. Murray Bowen. Have you no, I have uh, a new resource to go to now. He's, uh, that is my absolute favorite book out of my whole entire program. Uh, Dr. Murray Bowen and uh, Kerb Kerr mm-hmm. um, were, was absolutely my favorite book. It's, um, it's about anthropology and it's the first emotional system, family systems theory that's ever been created. And it's a really wonderful book. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. For those of you that are listening, I definitely highly suggest uh, Dr. Murray Bowen and um, uh, Dr. Kerr. Um, their book is on, let's see, the uh, essential family handbook, I think. Um, I'll make sure that I put it in the show notes for you guys. If you guys want to check out the book, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that that's in there too. So anyways, what are you thinking, Mega? Um, in terms of, it sounds like you've awakened your spiritual birthright and yeah, now yeah. you're here on this planet to serve other people. Right. And, and specifically like my life purpose is um, creative expression in the spotlight and I'm an artist, uh, but yes. I hide out as an artist. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't write, which I'm very, I'm also called and gifted to writing. Wow. So um, awakening your spiritual birthright usually means also beginning to pay attention on how you weave it into your life if you're not already really living it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just being more finely attuned to that. 
being very conscious, consciously designing your choices or, or yes. I say consciously choosing mm. the next best supportive thing for your alignment to purpose. Yes, exactly. So if you know your purpose and you know your spiritual birthright, there becomes so much less resistance in that regard, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Mm. And, and the other thing that, that uh, for example, that I learned in this process of awakening it for myself was that you also um, have the ability to decode what your life lesson is, because there's a lesson that you have sort of come here to process. And it doesn't happen just once. It happens over and over in different forms. And for me, it's denial of intuition. So if I was to look at all mm. of the scenarios back over the course of my life, where things have not gone as they would, I would have liked them to, and notice where I've denied intuition, I see where the lesson keeps reappearing. And therefore, knowing this stuff oftentimes means that even when the, the challenge, whatever it happens to be, the, the argument, the relationship that ends, the business that doesn't work, whatever it is, that you go, oh, here's where that fits into this path rather than back to the thing we said at the beginning, which is like, how did this happen to me? Why is this happening to me? I can't believe this keeps happening to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting as you're talking about this, I would say that denial of my own intuition and higher self um, has definitely been a lesson of mine as well. Mm. I love that. You know, and I think, I think a lot of women, tend to deny themselves because for a large, a large percentage of, you know, the life that we lived as, as women in the past 200 years has been oppressed, right? I mean, we didn't have the right to vote into 1930s. So it's not just our own beings that are suppressing us, but it's the patriarchy, the culture, um, the way that uh, men and women are relating to their feelings, meaning that feelings are not, uh, feelings are a weakness, right? As opposed to being a strength. Um, Correct. Or that vulnerability is a weakness as opposed to being a strength, which is, which is really hurting our society and our culture. But I do think that it impinges on young women uh, at a very, very early age when they s- turn off the creativity and then they just tap into this denial of the intuition because a woman's intuition is the strongest strength that a woman can be in, in terms of living within that feminine aspect uh, or archetype of themselves. Right. Yes. Um, and, and we've been taught to kind of, you know, look to the man, look to the man, look to the man, look to the dad. Right. And whether that person abused you, didn't, didn't abuse you, whatever the case is. Right. We're right. all impinged on and from that societal perspective. So I would say that denial of intuition has been a part of a, a much larger cultural problem for for women for a long, long time. And I would also say men as well. Uh, Men are not tapping into their intuition, meaning their feminine side, right? Because we both, all men and women have a feminine and masculine side period, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the denial of the feminine universally throughout all of our cultures, both for both men and women that has really created a a lot more suffering on this planet than Mm -hmm. if we're looking at it from a macro perspective, Um, you know, a lot more suffering there really needs to be. And we're not tapping into that spiritual realm that is basically going to set us free. Right. You know, it's very deep uh, conversation we're having here, but that that's the, in essence, 
what awakening your spiritual birthright to complete happiness is. It's no longer the denial of your intuition. It's, it's tapping into your intuition, your masculine and feminine qualities and allowing yourself to just be present, to be mindful, to be peaceful, to be Mm -hmm. still and to be with your purpose or your passion. That's what it is. Yes. Yes, and, it, and it's to know that you co-create in every moment. I and mean, we hear this a lot because mm-hmm. there's a lot of law of attraction stuff out floating around, but a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really understand law of attraction um, unless they've just, you know, they've really taken the time to study the work. And That's so right. therefore, it's that, it's that sense of awareness of the power because our society, and going back to what you just said about patriarchy and about the things that, that we are peeling back in the layers of our society today is that, we, in general, are not born with a, you have a birthright to power. <laughs> yes. Power. And, and that, that birthright to power is your intuition, mm-hmm. your creativity. Everything about that is what moves the, the human race on. It's yes. what moves you on. It's what moves your relationships on. It's what moves the human race on. And if we're all not tapping into that intuition, into that creativity to continue to grow, Mm-hmm. As opposed to t- to staying stagnant, complacent, or stuck, which is what our society is right now. Let's call a spade a spade, Mega. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, on, on a very large scale, uh, the society that we're living in is stuck, and yes. without people tapping into that creativity, that to that intuition, what happens is that society stays stuck, right? And then we have women like you, women like myself, and other men and women that are both contributing to no longer silencing mm-hmm. the intuition or the feminine and stepping into that feeling and that emotion. You know, it's interesting because I work with some men and they always ask me, you know, Eva, why don't you just let me be a man? And I'm like, well, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> and, uh, and so what they mean by that is, um, why do I have to have feelings? Why do I have to share my feelings? Why do I have to share my emotions? And I said, well, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. But if you want to be in relationship, if you want to be in a successful relationship, you have to learn to be vulnerable because vulnerability is where the relationship is. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, all you have is unfairness. You have competition, right. you have blame, you have projection, you have all of that shit. And who wants that? You right, know? exactly. So... Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thought, though, that men, just like some women, right, just like for you and for me at one time, do we really want to step into our intuition? Do we really want to step into our creativity and not only step into it, but live it? Because it's not staying safe anymore, hon. You know, that's not, that, this is not a safe place for Mega and I. Let me tell you, every, every single time we make the next step, it's like, oh, that doesn't feel, that feels really good, but it also feels really scary, right? <laughs> Yeah, or it's the boy. I sure would like to deny my intuition. <laughs> this point in time, it's like, <laughs> yes, I would like to die, to deny my intuition I, because that would be easier. Can I give an example of that? Actually, yeah, that'd be great. Here, the relationship world. So, um, I'm single at this point in time. At, at this moment of the recording, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just got done doing some work um, on my own self and mm. and um sometimes when i'm in this place of single the first response of 
single woman. I'm, I'm a single woman. At this moment, I'm single. Okay, mm-hmm. that means that the whole world awaits me as the possibilities that are out there. And yet, my, my intuition, which I am now listening to and in lovely relationship with my intuition, I should just put in status, uh, in relationship with my intuition. Um, <laughs> I love that. I'm totally going to post it for us right yeah. now. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> My intuition is like, no, this is not the time for you to go get on Bumble or Tinder and swipe right or swipe left. This is the time for you to stand where you are and to honor where you are, not to go find 50,000 distractions and less than vibrationally equal opportunities. (laughs) Yes, I love it. That's amazing. Yes. So I like how you said... Your status with your intuition, right? It's always in in um, relationship status. Yes, I, I'm in a relationship with my intuition. <laughs> yeah, be in a relationship with your intuition. Oh my god, I love that. You know, it's interesting. In the past couple of months, um, I've been really paying attention to my intuition so much more, even from a level of sexuality too, and mm-hmm. just kind of shaping my own sexuality and what that looks like in my relationship because it's totally changed. You know, if you move away from the patriarchal type of sexuality and then you move into a type of sexuality, because I think sexuality is the embodiment of creativity, which is why I brought it up, right? So if we're really stepping into the play of your creativity from as a sexual being, as well well as an yes. intellectual being, right? Because we're both intellectual and sexual. I think that there's room for both there. And I think they also mm-hmm. are recursively connected. But if we're, instead, if we're looking at sex as instead of just the orgasm, right? Or instead of just, you know, the plateau or, you know, the, the physical body connection only, where you're really stepping into the idea of your intuition, it's interesting how your relationship with sexuality changes too, Mm -hmm. And your relationship with sexuality becomes freer. Mm -hmm. And so therefore more energy can happen between the dyad of you and your partner in that way. Meaning that I'm stepping into the highest frequency of of pleasure, the highest frequency of connection, the highest frequency of orgasm. And Mm -hmm. so I'm able to, you know, resonate in that place in a much different way than when I wasn't tapping into my intuition, which has been very interesting and, um, you know, just some food for thought for our listeners as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great context. Thanks for bringing that up because, um, well, since this is taboo talk, I'm going to go ahead and go there. You know, the, the well, thing where I'm right. at right that's what now, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm at right now is it's like, yeah, baby, I got, you know, like I, I feel like I'm at this stage of creativity and expansion mm-hmm. in my business and all of this other stuff. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting any. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. And what I know is <laughs> because I listen to my intuition is it's like, yeah, well, sexuality back to the mm-hmm. power of at least this is my experience is that as soon as we chose to partner up with someone in a sexual level, we now are mixing up stew of energies. Oh yeah. You got to be Therefore, careful who, who you're sharing your energy with. Yeah. 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 And so I will say that for the first time in my life now at this point, I've been like, Oh yeah, you know what? I like, I like the vibrational frequency I'm on. So therefore I am not willing to go Mm -hmm. from the Caribbean blue seas over to the flip side of the swamp just to go ahead and fulfill the, I'm not getting 
any mm. action right now because it's by choice. Mm. I could go down to a yeah. bar tonight and get something, you know? So yeah, anyone can. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And when you start regarding yourself in that way, it's interesting that you're going to attract the, the partner that you are in alignment with, you know? Right. Um, and, and it's funny how that happens. You literally just make the decision that I'm not going to vibrate at a level at any other level that doesn't guide in my intuition, meaning mm-hmm. my spirit sense or my creative sense and how I'm feeling in terms of my flow. And I, I like that you brought that up because it's so important to find someone that you know is honoring your mind, body, and soul and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, sex can be the most, um, you know, uh, derogatory uh, experience and it can be the most enlightening, miraculous experience really, right? Right. Because it, it is what you make it. I mean, that's really what it is. And, and society for so long has made sexuality, uh, has created so much shame uh, around sexuality. I mean, of course, especially if you're abused on top of that, right? And it's not right. just consensual sex, right? And, and there's just so many aspects of sexuality, which is one of the reasons why I started Taboo Talk Time. And, and, and there's other taboos other than sex, of course, that play a role and create sort of a little bit of like a prison sentence mm-hmm. for our society. And the whole idea behind the Taboo Talk Time podcast was to help people um, unburden themselves of the taboos, to start talking about them and have conversations like we're having right now, to kind of enlighten and uplift people's sense of what society has told them has been what is supposed to be, and Mm -hmm. invite them to maybe, or, or challenge them, just like your coach did, you know, invite them to move into a space of their own intuition and really stepping into that and letting that guide them as opposed to denying it like we have for so long. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. So wonderful podcast today, Mega. Thank you so much for, for allowing your, you know, your time and coming on and giving us your undivided attention and your, your experiences in life. And I really appreciate it. And I know that the listeners do too. And, um, I'm curious to see if there's a place or a time that people can contact you on maybe your website. Yes. Um, if they just go to mega M E G H a success.com. I, um, am, I have a community there. There's a link to join, um, something called the Enchanted Life Society, which is... Yeah, tell us more about that. Tell us more about that. Um, The Enchanted Life Society is really this this whole thing of, you know, life, a lot of times we get disenchanted with life. So I decided to create something where, um, and it's fairly new in the process of evolving, and it will continue to evolve, about our commitment and our birthright to owning and claiming and being around other people who will support us leaning into our happiness. The reason I created this is so that there is a community where there's a conversation of supporting the pursuit of happiness and your birthright and the in, the things that you're drawn to and your intuition, all of the stuff that we've, we've talked about, because ultimately, if we just tell somebody up out of our circles of friends and people that have always known us, and they may say, oh, oh, that's silly. Don't, don't do that. So I created this this community, and it's got um, you know there's a free level, and then obviously there's a there's a paid level. But the free level itself is the start of that conversation, the start of the expansion of self, 
and it's a place to go and share things that you may not want to share with all your friends or family members that don't support you or see you as who you wish to be. Amazing. And how can people join you on that group? Is it like a Facebook group? Um, it's a Facebook group. And um, if you just go to megasuccess.com and then click on the community link. Um, Amazing. That's awesome. I'm so happy that you provide people a space to, you know, unload it, you know, especially people that might have trouble, um, you know, finding someone, our coach or therapist that really fits for them. So it's wonderful that you're able to provide that space and that container for them. Wonderful. Yes. So I, love that. I, I appreciate the, uh, the conversation. It's, it, it's always inspiring as well to be the guest. Um, <laughs> Yay. I know. I loved having you as a guest. It was so <laughs> nice. You're wonderful. You keep up the great work that you're doing. Um, you are making a difference. I can already tell how many lives you've already touched. And, um, you know, obviously everybody that's listening to the podcast, if they want to reach out to you, she's fantastic. Um, where do you, where, where's your location, Mega? Um, I'm physically located in Nashville, Tennessee, but um, I work with clients all over the world. So um, we use Zoom <laughs> and uh, I ship people their kits for their ink prints and so on and so forth. And, oh my yeah. God, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So you'll have to tell me more about the ink prints and stuff like that. And we'll put it on the, on the, um, on the show notes. And uh, again, I really appreciated everything that you had to offer. Um, for those of you that are listening, thank you so, so much for your listenership and, you know, for staying loyal to the Taboo Talk Time podcast. Of course, if you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do so. And we would love for you to review the podcast. If this is something that is really calling you, give us a review. Let us know um, what else you'd like to hear more about as well. If you're listening and you'd like to be a guest on the show. Uh, give me a call or send me a message on Facebook at Taboo Talk Time with Dr. Eva. And of course, join our page. Uh, we're going to be launching the Couples Communication in Intimacy e-course soon, which I'm really excited about. And we'll get all the details out to you on the Facebook page. So hopefully I'll see you there. All right, guys, I'll see you next time on another episode of Taboo Talk Time. Bye, Mega. Bye. Thank you for joining the Taboo Talk Time movement. Go ahead and like and subscribe to our fun, free, and informative podcast. And of course, don't forget to share us with your friends. Visit TabooTalkTime.com to learn more about Dr. Eva's therapeutic services, private intensives, as well as her online couples courses and live couples retreats. As always, we appreciate your listenership and can't wait to share all of our new up-and-coming Taboo Talk Time podcasts with you. See you next time. Thank you.